in uh, Exodus 17, I'm going to read verses 1 through probably 6 or 7. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin, that's a weird name, and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for people to drink. So how many of you know we need water, right? <laughs> so they got to... They got a legitimate complaint here, man. We need water. All right. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Ouch. (laughs) Give us water to drink, they demanded. (laughs) Quiet, Moses replied. He's probably like, man, I'm just so sick of hearing this. He's been listening to this for how many years at this point? Why are you complaining against me? Quiet in this place. (laughs) I think I've heard the Lord say that to me before, right? I mean, man, it is so easy sometimes when everything isn't going the way you want and you start complaining and you feel like it's legitimate and the Lord's up there going, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I need you to have faith in me. I need you to trust me. All right. In other words, he's not going to enable your dysfunction. Okay, He isn't. He loves us enough not to enable us. And our stuff. Amen. So where was that? So once more, the people complained against Moses, give us water to drink, quiet. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? He puts it back on them that they are testing God. Not, not, Moses is not God. He is not their provider, right? Right. (laughs) You know, a lot of times we need to work. And money, money's a tool that we need here on this earth. But, but we've all done it. And maybe, maybe there's one person in here. We can, we can get stuck in this place to believe that our jobs are our providers. Wow. Come on. And no matter what, man, yes, work is a good thing. We, we need to work. And, and money is a, a good tool. Money is a good thing. If, if you don't like your money, I'm the pastor. I'll take it at the end of Sunday. I mean, hey, well. it takes money, man. It does. Um, but God's our provider. So, all right. <laughs> Actually, can I just say something right you there? You can. Thanks. You know. Like I'm going to say no. (laughs) But can we just camp there for a teeny tiny? Because, like, if we really are honest with ourselves about what he just said, I think it's so easy for him to say, our job is not our source, God is. And we're all like, amen. And we just move on. Do we actually believe that? Thank you, John. I know you do. Praise God. But I mean... When the rubber meets the road and there's something financially unexpected that happens, do we get angry because our job only pays fifteen fifty an hour? Or do we get mad that we couldn't buy the car we wanted because we aren't yet in the position we thought we should have by those, now? Those darn or... Bentleys are expensive. <laughs> but do you, Ouch. like, I'm just bringing it down to real terms, like... I wonder if we actually do believe that because I I think if we actually say, okay, Lord, I want to know and not be moved that you are my source and no matter what happens, it doesn't depend on my paycheck. It doesn't depend on my bank account that I can come to you. You said you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That means the God who sees ahead of time and has made provision for anything we will ever face. 
So if that's true, now, I mean, to bring it back to um, reality too, you know, if you, a lot of times we make messes and we make wrong choices. And let's Ooh. say we went and bought that Bentley and the Holy Spirit was like, um, excuse me, <laughs> what are you doing? And so if he was like, don't buy the Bentley, <laughs> I mean, come on. right? So say, you know, you went and did something foolish like that. And you didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. Now God is still there to pick up the pieces and get you right back on track. And, and, but I mean, there might be some repentance involved and you might have to, resell the thing and you might have to let you know what I'm saying so so realistically he's always our provider and he will see ahead of time and make provision but that's as long as the vision you're walking out is his that's why it's pro for the vision right so anyway I just want to encourage us that if maybe we're sitting in this room where I'm thinking no I really do count on myself my works my position and my paycheck to provide for me, I encourage you to shift that and say, Holy Spirit, show me how to look to God himself, the giver of my job and my paycheck and my, right, um, that position I have. It's a gift from you. I'm going to look to you as my source, and then then I can be a steward, a real good steward of what you've given me. Is that cool? Amen. Well, and I want to say also along those lines, um, a lot of times... Maybe maybe you are helping, uh, some of you uh, probably work for the Bible College or Andrew Walmack Ministries, and a lot of times I think we, we are, we're drawing a, uh, a salary, but we're also helping whoever it is we're working for, and I believe we are planting seed so good. That, we, good. that we should be expecting at some point in life to um, reap a harvest yeah. from, yeah. and also everybody in this room, man, you've you are gifted in some ways. I believe in more than one way, and and if you if you need more income or would like more, God wants us to prosper. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a dirty word, man. It's a good word. Amen. But um, the religious people in the church hate that, except they don't want to be poor either. No, so they anyway, don't. They're confused. They they're very confused. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, uh, a little bit. So. <laughs> Um, there might be something that you could do possibly, uh, in the, in the evening sometimes or on the weekends or something that God is showing you that you could do to earn more income more, more quickly than what you can do working 40 or 50 hours a week. So just, I just want to encourage you guys, just be open to God. That's, that's the thing. Here's where Moses had to be open to God right here. But tormented by thirst, they continue to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? First off, God led them out of Egypt, right? He's the leader, but he's, he's following God. And they have forgotten that they were being beaten and everything else. They're just thirsty and they had water there, but everything else they've forgotten, obviously. Are you trying to kill us, <laughs> our children, and our livestock with thirst? And again, man, this is a legitimate complaint in a way that but we need water. Yeah. But at the same time, man, they, they're going to Moses. They need to be talking to God themselves. And a lot of times we're going to our neighbor or our roommate or somebody and, and trying to get something from them. And, and it's okay to share with somebody, get some encouragement, but, but that's not the bulk of where you should be going. Amen. It's God, right? Yeah. He's got the answers that you're looking for. Verse 4, 
Then Moses cried out to the Lord. So finally, he's like, oh, okay. What should I do with these people? <laughs> They're ready to stone me. Whoa. And this is like for real, you know. Verse 5, the Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of, of the Nile. It's amazing. Think about this. If, if you go back and you reread and you read this, like God leads them out there and then he tells him to take his staff. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm just forgetting something, that was the first time. It's not like Moses had something to look back on, right. whether it was that somebody else did this or not. Take this staff and raise it up and the waters are going to part. Sure. <laughs> and so, so he still got this staff. And so God is reminding him because yeah. all these people have forgotten. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. So he's telling him what he needs to do. And it makes no, no sense, sense, right? Ever been there? <laughs> Us being here <laughs> made no sense to leave Tulsa where we were where we had good paying jobs, nice salaries, working at a nice church. We lived in a beautiful condo. I mean, it's like go back into Woodland Park and plant a church. <laughs> like I've done it four or five times or something. <laughs> I was like Amen. <laughs> Uh, walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. And I love it how the Lord reminds him, okay, you've forgotten what I've done in the past, so let me remind you, remember yeah. this. Yeah. And it was a miracle, right? Verse 6, man, the other, the other morning when I was reading this, this is what jumped off the page to me. I will stand before you on the rock, at Mount Sinai, God is saying, I will stand before you. He is going to go before you. He already has gone yes. before you. He's already cleared the path. He's made a way. He's not going to, he's not going to say, hey, I need you to go do this, and you're on your own. You know, they had the uh, the fire by night, the pillar of cloud by day, to keep yeah. them warm in the evening, to keep them Cool during the day. Praise the Lord for air conditioning. And so, um, but. Not sure that's what that was, but. Kept them cool. So anyway, I like air conditioning. But, so my point is, is, is God is saying, look, I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. He is going, he's, he, he's there. If, if you're at a place where you're like, I can't figure this out. I can't do this on my own. He's there. He's, he's gone before you. He's right there. He's so not, good. I mean. Are you, are you talking, to, again, are you talking to your spouse? Or are you talking to your neighbor? Are you talking to your roommate? A little bit, that's okay. But at some point, man, you got to go back to God. He is your provider. He's the one that told you to go do what it is that you're trying to do. And he is faithful to his word to keep his promises, to provide all that is needed. Amen. So good. Strike the rock. So he even tells him what to do right? Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. A miracle, right? Mm -hmm. Praise God. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. And you're talking, you know, I've heard people say, you know, a million and a half, two million people here. And he's got to, how much water is this going to take, man? (laughs) God knows. I I mean, goodness gracious. Then the people will be able to drink. 
So Moses struck the rock. He obeyed what God told him to do. This is key. So much of the time, we're not, we're not seeing God's provision because we're not obeying. It's quiet in here. <laughs> we got to obey. Even when we don't understand, we have to obey. I'm, I'm going there. So um, I didn't know if I was going to talk about this or not, but it seems like a, a, a good place to, to do this. But, you know, you guys... You know that God has started just doing things in mine and Tessa's heart. It started in me where the Lord is just speaking to me about these changes in the church that that I don't understand. And I'm finally at a place where I don't care anymore. But in my pride, man, I'm like, what is this about? I don't understand this, Lord. People dancing and flags and and just uh, this this stuff. <laughs> And I'm like, Stuff. and I did not grow up in the church. Tessa will tell you, there's not a religious bone in my body, but nope. man, I don't under, this is like a staff hit the rock, water <laughs> come out, what? And man, when I was in Bethel a few weeks ago, the Lord showed me, it was my pride. I'm like, ooh, I'm so dang prideful. I thought I was so humble. <laughs> prideful in my humility, I guess. I mean, it's like, and, and I told the Lord, I'm like, Freedom Church has been yours for four and a half years. A lot of it, but Most not all of it. it. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and so, and, and you're going to keep seeing changes. And none of this has been easy on me. But, I, but the key to this is I'm obeying what I believe I'm seeing and what God is speaking to me. And, and while I was there, I don't understand this. And I believe God will show me at some point. And I, I went to three morning services and then an evening service. And in one of those services, I heard so clearly the Lord say, you will be here more often than you thought, and you will become a son of this house. And I don't know what that means. We're, we're not going anywhere. So I guess I don't know if I'm going to meet somebody, meet some people. God is doing something there that he, I believe he wants to, wants to see happen in every church. It may look yeah. different in each church, yes. but he's needing each pastor in humility to say, I don't understand this, but I'm going to obey you. Yeah. And and am I really going to, if somebody's going to get blessed or maybe even born again or set free somehow because somebody's waving a flag or something, am I going to say no to that? Jeez, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not going to do it. And And then being there more often than I thought last week, I started feeling like the Lord was telling me to go back. And so, man, please pray before you do things. I, man, I, I fought with this for like five, six, seven days. I don't know how long it was. I, I, I kept going to tell, I'm back and forth. I'm like, God, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to buy a plane ticket. And then in my head, I'm like, the last time I left, I thought it was going to be for three or four days and it ended up being 12 and I don't have the time to do this, Lord. And, and, and so then I'm thinking, okay, to be gone for three or four more days again. And I'm trying to reason all this in my head. And so I'm all over the place with a yes and a no and a yes and a no. And uh, what is today? Wednesday? Uh -huh. so was it Monday or yesterday? Yesterday. I was, I'd lifted weights and gym. I was, yeah, I was on the God treadmill. God speaks to him at the gym all the time. He does. I'm on the treadmill watching MLB, but I got worship music on, and um, 
Man, all of a sudden, like the, he speaks to me all the time at the gym, like it was so clear, you're supposed to go. And so after I got done uh, and I went out in the vehicle and I, I pulled up the Southwest app and, and, the, and the ticket to the, uh, or the price to the ticket had even gone down some. And I'm like, this is just the right thing to do. And as soon as I did it, man, it was like I lost 20 pounds and all peace just I was like, oh, gosh, man. So we can drive ourselves insane sometimes trying to figure out why, why is God telling me to do this instead of just obeying. Obey. And, and yeah. I still don't know why I'm go flying back out of here Friday to go. But I just, I just don't care. I just, I just got to do it. And I'm, I'm trying to encourage you. Just whatever God is speaking to you, just do it. And and. Probably everybody in here, you're you're here, you're here in Woodland Park or wherever it is that you live, because God has you obeyed and God brought you there. But don't, when everything doesn't look right, don't start trying to figure out or make different plans. Man, our life so is bad. not our own, and if I don't care, easy for me to say, I do care. In a, in a, I don't care in a sweet way. In this. <laughs> Man, if you got to pray for five days and you're driving yourself insane and, and your wife also, but at some point, man, you got to get, if you got to go get on the treadmill or turn on MLB or put on some worship music, it was all combined for me. Whatever it <laughs> takes, right? I went, hey, I don't care what it takes to hear clearly from God, man. That is like, that is the, that is the, that's the pinnacle, right? Yeah, to hear yeah. so clearly from God. Such a gift. And I'm not doing it because I know why. Because I do not know why <laughs> at all. Um, but I just don't care at this point. I just, I just know I'm obeying God. And, and, and I think I've said this. Freedom Church is not Bethel. We are not becoming right. Bethel. There's just something very sweet there. People are being healed, set free, delivered. Like, like, I, like I just... I no longer want people walking into the four walls of the church or even this building Man. and you needing something that could be provided while you're in one of those places. Some things just take some time. But if if it could happen tonight or Saturday night, that's what we want. Because we are expecting and and I'm casting vision and trying to build your faith by saying whether you come in here or you come in that church at at the Bible college on Saturday nights Come in expecting a good word. Come in expecting to build relationships, to meet somebody you haven't met. But if you've got a need, I don't care what it is, and neither does God. He is the provider of all needs. It doesn't have, whether it's healing or finances or, or something, you've got a pain in your heart. You need set free from some hurt, I, I, whatever it might be. Please come in expecting whatever it is. Be expecting that, okay, when I walk in there, I've got my staff, and I can hit this rock, and I can give water to two million Come people. On. Whatever that looks like Come for you, on. whatever it looks like for you to plant a church, it, whatever that is it, for you in your life. Tess and I are not all that. We just nope. kept saying yes, and it's amazing to see what God will do when you just say yes. It's amazing how He can use a donkey. Just saying, for me. <laughs> You know, he's not the donkey. Thank, thanks, babe. You know, it is. It's. It's been a lot of years for me. Some of you are going to be a lot more quick about it. But I ran from a stage, and 
And I started going to Bobby Indian's church in uh, 1995, the latter part of it. And then maybe in like 97, 98, 99, I don't remember when. It was before I'd met Tessa. I find myself there uh, on like, I think it was Tuesday nights, and I'm taking this class by one of the associate pastors called Principles of Teaching One and Two. And it was weeks long for number one and weeks. And I'm in these classes, and I'm like, why am I here? I'm, I'm not... I'm not getting on the stage, Lord. I'm oh, not he refused. Do this. Wasn't ever gonna happen. Ever, never. <laughs> so maybe that's why it's taken all these years <laughs> later. Finally. Well. But you know, a lot of it was probably I was so self-focused and feeling so inadequate, and then you got a teacher yeah. like Bob Yenny, where you're like, Oh God, man, this guy. How, <laughs> can I ever? Uh, this guy, he's unbelievable. You know, it's like ah. Uh, and, and we get caught in this comparison trap, and it's just all this junk. Jesus. And God's like, I have gifted you. I have called you. Now, I need you to get up, and I need you to do what it is I'm asking you to do. Strike the rock with the staff, and I'll give water to two million people. It's like, Come on. yes, sir. And so, where was I at? Anyway, I hope I'm encouraging. That was not my, I don't that was my so notes good. open yet. So, but anyway, so you, you, we can all do it, but I, I just, I want to, is it, is the right word admonish, whatever that word is. Uh, I went to school in Tulsa. I don't, I don't know. I graduated somehow, but anyway, uh, but to pray about everything, man, I see people just making decisions like searching for something instead of searching for something to fill that void. People that are born again, man, just doing stuff. And you're like, oh, God, did you even pray? What What are you doing? Stop. Please slow down. Take a deep breath. Get on your face before God. Pray. Man, stop just making these crazy emotional decisions and reacting to whatever is happening. Is you need to respond, and you need to. This is good. Go on. Tessa doesn't know this. I'm going to tell myself. I don't. Good. Think, this I don't is not me. This fits, but I just I look back and I saw John. So I'm up in the apartment earlier today, and I hear this banging. I'm like, what in the world is that? And I look out, man, and there's this is that round sign that had the yeah, it logo goes all the way on it, the thing. and it had broken one of the chains, <gasps> man. So this thing's hanging by one chain, and it's blowing off. <laughs> and I'm thinking. I don't, I'm thinking, this thing's going to fly off in the street and hit a car, man. I got to go get that oh, thing. I <laughs> so I grab, I grab, John has a ladder laying back there, and I grabbed the one out of my trunk that I checked roofs with, and I ran up on this roof, and I go over, and then, and then I take this yeah, ladder, he knew not and, I, to tell and me. I set it down over here, and the wind is blowing like crazy, and then, and then the roof's a little slanted, so I got the ladder, and it's like this, and I climbed up that thing. And I'm John, like, you let oh, him do this? I'm trying to pull this thing off of here with this chain, and and the wind's blowing like crazy. There's all these cars, and so then I'm like, I look over, and I see John's truck. I'm like, I got to go get John, so I make it back down. Anyway, he helped me. I don't know where I was going with all that, but I didn't... I, I didn't. I didn't pray before I you did it. You didn't pray at all. I, when I was on the ladder, I was praying because I felt whenever we finally, I, I yeah, got up there it's and called, I got that thing up. It's called, Lord, do I go do this all by my big boy self, or do I get some help? 
John's hanging on to the ladder, and I got that thing up, and the wind's blowing, and one of my feet almost went off that ladder. Joseph's like, wearing you. I'm like, oh, my God. Stop laughing. <laughs> anyway. Oh, if you only knew. I didn't pray before I went, but I prayed while I was there. So. John, do I owe you the life of my husband right now? You do. Woo. Yeah. Okay. That happened today? I hope that today? helped. That was just a few hours ago, yeah. <laughs> I've got more gray in my beard now, so. Okay, whoa. Oh, but so if I you don't see you. the sign up there, I that's why. I forgive you, babe. Oh, I forgive you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, whoa, I'm supposed to go off of that. I'm just going to go into intercession uh, right now. <laughs> Father, uh, please never let my husband do something that crazy again. Oh, my God. No, but um, in all reality, the funny thing about him getting on a roof is he used to do uh, roof inspections because he was a roofing salesman. I and I on, used yeah. to literally uh, get so fearful about him being on roofs all the time and it being windy and some of them, the pitch is so steep and different things. And I was praying one night and I was just like, you know, tormented by it. And the Lord was like, if I said in my word that I would pick you up lest you dash your foot on a stone, how much more am I going to pick him up if he were to get blown off a roof? So that's part of it. But when I start, <laughs> when I start depositing two and three thousand dollar checks, it was all good at that point. So <laughs> that is so not true. But I mean, if the money was good, but. Truthfully, I was when the Lord spoke that to me that like if his angels would, would like catch him if he were to just trip as he's walking over a stone like how you know how often and but he was like how much more are my angels going to be right there on that roof with him I got him and I never worried about it a day in my life but All that right, wasn't on I, this one here's so where I, was I going forgive with you this. one of the keys is that if you're headed in a direction that he's not already gone before you. He's not going to provide for you there because he's not gonna he's not gonna give you what you need to be in the wrong place. He needs you back over where he was trying to get you to go. And that's where he's gone before you. And then that's where when things look like uh, what is happening, you can go to God and say, I'm right where you brought me. You're reminding him, he hasn't forgotten, but man, remind him, remind remind yourself and him of his promises to provide yeah. all, everything that is needed, all of his, uh, I just drew a blank on. Benefits. No. What? Provision. Yeah. All, uh, prosperity. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. In other words, there is zero lack. There is zero lack. Okay, so let me say this too. As far as what he's saying is if you've gone off in your own direction out of pride or maybe even ignorance. Fear can do it too. Fear, yeah. it could be many reasons. But the moment that you realize, ah, I am off path, and you just cry out, Lord, forgive me. That scripture that says, run boldly, come boldly into my throne room of grace and receive yeah. help when you need it most. It's not like God throws up his hands and says, you got yourself into this mess or you made your bed. So like literally, I think we have that mentality. God is not that way. Now he's not going to, again, enable you to stay in dysfunction. So if you went over here because you just don't quite think you're ready to obey God and you want to spend a little time over here messing around and do your own thing, he loves you, and there's grace there, 
but he's not going to um, flip the check for that. Like the, the prodigal's father, you know, had that inheritance for him. But when his son was, had, had burnt it all, messed it all up, was living in a pig pen, dad wasn't asking, hey, everybody, where's my son? I got, go give him this thousand dollar check. Like he had to come to his senses. Yeah. So the point is when you come to your senses, it's his grace is in abundance. It's sufficient. He's like, come boldly, run to me. Don't run away in shame or guilt or whatever. Just run straight up into my arms and I've got everything you need to get you back on track. Does that make sense? So again, yeah, he's not going to, provide for somewhere again provision if if his vision for your life wasn't this direction and you just took off blazing a trail and everything's a mess and crazy he's gonna say all my provision is on the path I've laid out before you and again realizing our life is not our own it's not I mean that one thing right there to just say God I give you me my past, my present, my future. I am yours. You've already written out the days of my life in heaven before one of them was ever lived. And I refuse to not accomplish one thing you've written on those pages. I want everything you've got for me. And he says in Jeremiah, the plans I have for you, they're not to harm you. So if all of a sudden everything's hurting real bad, <laughs> Lord, what's happening here? Because you said your plans for me were good, not to harm me, but to give me a hope and an expectant end and a good future. So if I'm off path, Lord, show me, help my feet get back on the path and I need your grace and Holy Spirit as we've been teaching your helper is standing by literally saying I'm I'm here just call on me I've got you just invite me and I'm ready to speak to move to do I mean move mountains if need be to get you on the path uh, that everything God has and here's the other thing I heard when he was telling the story about um is it Mo taking the sign Moses down. ew we're not going to talk about that the, the staff and the rock. Is that Moses we're talking about? Yeah. So here's the other thing I noticed that when he hit the rock and obeyed God, how many people did that act of obedience right. affect? That's right. Truly, Same our lives. obedience is always connected to other people's destinies. Yeah. Now, someone else's disobedience won't bump you out of the race or or disqualify you for what got it you know because there's a lot of times things outside of our control and people make deci bad decisions that affect us but God has so many ways to still get accomplished his desire and his yeah. will for your life he will do it but knowing that our simple obedience every day, whether it's to strike a rock or to make a phone call or to say yes to this job or no to that move or whatever it is, if you're praying and your heart is, Father, I want to make good choices, godly choices, because I know every choice I make affects others. It could be someone else's destiny or someone else's, an influence or a person that is teetering you know like they don't know which way they're going to go and 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 I don't know what's going on in them but but my decision to obey you is going to help them to stay the course or influence or impact them in a way that it is life changing I mean I think about um you know Joe when you were in your teens and 20s and you know 
so much of, of the alcoholism and the dysfunction and all that came from a broken family, an abusive father. I mean, there was so much in him that was angry and broken. And, and somebody introduced him at 13, was it, to alcohol? At 13, an older friend introduced him to alcohol. His uncle, yeah. And he, like, one time, it was one time that he drank and drank and drank, and he loved that feeling of just being completely, what's the word, inebriated? Yeah, escaping the reality. Escaping the pain, the reality, for just a moment. And it led him down a path of destructive and could have been, I mean, there were times he drove home, he didn't know how he got home, didn't remember getting in the car. Like, it could have either taken his life or someone else's. I mean, we're talking real stuff here. But because someone else who didn't have to introduce a 13-year-old boy to alcohol, but hey, what if that, I mean, I don't know whether they were a Christian or not or raised in a Christian home, but did they pray before they, hey, come with us, we got alcohol. Uh, no, maybe you don't need to introduce that person to a substance that they could get severely addicted to or take it one time and them die. Like, I know that's an extreme um, scenario or whatever, but if we took every decision that we were making that serious, that Lord, I not only want to make the right decisions and stay on your path for the plans you have for my life. But maturity is when we start thinking, how will this affect others? My family, my friends, my future spouse, or, you know, does that make sense? Because when he struck that rock, how many did it, how many lives did it save? Had he not obeyed, would they have all died? We'll never know because he obeyed God. Amen. Yeah, we'll talk about the roof later. You want to pray, babe? It was a sign. It was a sign. I had to get on the roof to get it, though. (laughs) Right? Oh, God, thank you you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. And, Father, I just pray over every person in this place, Father God, whatever, uh, if it was just one thing, Lord, that um, you just, that they heard and that you were speaking to them and that you would bring it back to their remembrance and and father ultimately that all of us would just keep our eyes and our mind stayed on you our focus on you our attention on you that we wouldn't be taken or drawn off the path that you have us on by any by anything at all and that if we need a miracle that we know that you are the god of miracles you're the god of more than enough that there's Nothing that we may be surprised by ever that you're surprised by. And you are, you are, you've gone before us and you've cleared the path. You've made a way where there seems to be no way. And so, Father, that, um, you know, that we wouldn't be trying to get answers from anybody else around us, but that we would just continue seeking you and expecting to hear from you.